Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Amen. Well, we're in a, um, a sermon series and a season in our church. Um, appropriately called Building Legacy. The sermon series is called Building Legacy, and we, we started a few weeks ago. I just want to kind of uh, summarize what we've been learning over the past few weeks, but we define legacy as the lasting significance of the eternal consequence we make with our lives. It's a sum or totality of our existence on earth. Legacy is what we do that impacts others, our children, society, and generations to come. Legacy pretty much answers the question, what are you doing with your life that really matters? What are you doing with your life that not only matters here, but eternally? You know, life doesn't end. It's eternal. It's eternal. It's the hope of glory. That's why as Christians, we have the hope of glory, which means it's not going to end here. Death, where is your sting? Because we don't die. We continue on. We continue on. But while we're here, while we're passing through, there's tremendous potential in each of us. We talked a little bit about this Wednesday night, that God has put potential in each of us. Potential means power. And we know that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to empower us. And imagine what can happen, and we see it happening, when God brings a people together and we bring our potential together, and the church is filled with people empowered by God, the world can be changed. The church is the only entity on the earth that has the power to change the world. You are a demonstration of that power. You have been touched by the power of God. Otherwise, you would not be here. Amen? And so we learned uh, that Jesus left the greatest legacy. It was the church. Jesus left us the church. He lived for the church. He died for the church. And the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for the church. And Jesus said, I didn't leave you as orphans, but I will send you one. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, and he will empower you for what? To build my church. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Nations will come and go. Leaders will come and go. Dictators will come and go. Governments will come and go. But the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So the Holy Spirit comes and introduces us through our whole life. Every person on earth, the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in them the understanding that Jesus is real, that heaven is real, that hell is real, eternity is real. But the Holy Spirit also introduces us to the church. He brings us in, uh, into the church, and that's why it's so important that every person who accepts Christ understands that it's not just Jesus that's important. It's what Jesus wants us to do with his acceptance. 
So it's important that we get planted in a local church. Every person needs to get planted in a local church. Every person needs to say, when, when someone asks, hey, do you go to church? Or everyone needs to say, I go to church. Where's your church? My church is, my church is, my church is. We're not flighty Christians. We're not just people that show up at a building. We are the church. We're involved. We're committed, you know? That's what brings life. We're connected to the legacy of Christ. We continue on the legacy of Christ. Over the past 2,000 years, Satan has tried to destroy the legacy of Christ. You read ancient philosophers. They'll say, you know, you, you know I remember reading a French philosopher who said within 100 years, you know, this is many, many years ago, Christianity would be wiped off the earth because Satan will always try to destroy the real truth, which is Christianity. It will not happen. The church forcefully advances, and the Bible says forceful men lay hold of it. So we are endued with the Holy Spirit for a purpose of legacy, of bringing the hope of Christ, the message of Christ. Jesus walked the earth with his disciples to preach salvation, to bring healing, to bring good news, to tell the poor there's hope for you, there's a family for you to bring the orphan into a family, to bring the hurting into a family, to bring people who are searching for meaning, and they're going to have all the money in the world, but they're empty, they're lost. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, listen, there's a place for you. There's, there's more to your life than stuff and, and, and money. And, you know, like, like Jared was saying, we can't serve God and money. We can't serve things and be happy. Until we come and enjoy to Jesus Christ, we have potential to change the world. Do you believe that this morning? As a church, we have potential to change the world, change this region. Therefore, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. When you are in Christ, God sees you in a new creation. God sees the potential in you. He's not looking at your flaws. He's not looking at your humanity. He's not looking at your weaknesses. He's not looking at your failures. God sees Christ in you, the hope of glory. The old has gone. The old you is gone. Christianity is a process of sanctification, which is a walk of faith, of changing your identity, your belief system from the old you into who God sees you as. The potential of God, the work of God, the temple of God upon the earth. It's you and me. It's you and me. The devil will tell you everything else to contradict God's word. But God's grace is upon us. His goodness is upon us. So today I want to talk about the legacy of grace and repentance. Grace and repentance. This is so key in our lives. You've got to get this this morning because this will set you free. And it will help you to grow in Christ. And help you to become the very person that God has destined for you to become. The definition of grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. See, when you hear the word grace... It's always accompanied by salvation and blessing. When God's grace comes into your life, 
you meet Christ, you're set free from hell, and you come into this new way of living. It's an eternal way of living. And in this new way of living, like Pastor Steve's message, wasn't that awesome last week? Thank God for apostles in the faith. But there's a new way of living. God created you with an instruction manual. How many of you guys tried to put toys together at Christmas without the instruction manual? Say, what the heck? Wait a second. What are these three extra parts? Right? We didn't read the instruction manual. We go through life without reading the instruction manual. And then we expect, poof, magic to happen. Our lives will be perfect. No, God has created you an instruction manual. As we come to church, as we read, as we ask God, as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who never leaves us nor forsakes us, always talking to us and guiding us, you start listening to him, let me tell you, your life will come into blessing. Your life will change. Your life will change because it's God's grace. You know, um, luck. You know, people say, oh, you know, that guy's lucky. Or that girl's lucky. Oh, I was lucky today. Luck comes from odds. Okay? Grace comes from God. I don't need luck. I have grace. I don't have to wait to win the lottery. I hit the lottery. When Jesus came into my life, when Jesus comes into your life, you've hit the lottery. An eternal lottery. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done it. It scared me to death sometimes. I'll be praying and really be, you know, in God or worshiping, and I'll say, Lord, let me see you. I remember um, in a house we used to live in, I had a real big basement, you know, and it was dark, and I would go pray down there. And I, I was really crying out to God. I was in desperation, and I needed God to touch me. I was dry, you know, and I, I felt like I was just going through the acts, you know. I don't know, do I have to go to church again, you know? Yeah, that can happen to, to even pastors, you know. You get to that place of dryness, you're in the valley. God, are you real? I don't feel you. You start questioning. The devil starts telling you, you know, I remember God saying, you know, maybe you should go back into banking. You know, I'm not God. The devil saying, maybe you should go back into, you know, go back, you know. And, um, and I remember I was in one of those places, and I was crying out to God, God, I need a touch from you. I need a touch from you. I need a touch from you. And I started crying out, Father, 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 Father. I said, Lord, just let me see you. Let me see you. And all of a sudden, <laughs> goosebumps ran down the back of my neck. And I was in darkness. And, and I was afraid to open my eyes. Because I was saying, let me see you. And then I, I opened my eyes. And I tell you, I almost had a heart attack. And there was a shirt hanging. And I almost passed out, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but grace is always with us. It's because of grace we are able to be reconciled to God. It's only because of God's grace 
that somehow, some way, your heart has been open to the reality of Jesus. Many of us were far from God. Many of us had our fist towards God. Many of us were angry at God. You meet so many people, you know, don't give me that Jesus stuff, you know. They're filled with anger. They're filled with hatred. They're filled with, with the enemy's plans for their life because of hurts and things. So it's by grace that all that stuff somehow, a door is opened, and you see Jesus for who he is. And you're brought to his house, and we're here today. It's by grace. And it's because of daily repentance. Now, listen, this is important. Because of daily repentance, we remain in God's fullest favor. It's not only by grace, but it's also by repentance. Daily repentance. Daily repentance. That we stay in the fullness of God's favor. God wants us blessed. God wants us whole. God wants us happy. God wants us living a life of meaning and purpose and influencing people. And, and God wants us in this land of his kingdom, the kingdom of God, where there's no, you know, uh, tears and sorrow. That's what God will give us in eternity. But even on earth, there's a huge difference living in a land with Christ versus the land that we came out of with the devil. A huge difference. Aren't you thankful that God has touched you somehow? You know, one of the greatest hymns ever written was written by a man named John Newton in the 1700s. And we all know it. Amazing grace, right? You go to funerals, you go to different things and church events, and, and you hear this, this amazing hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. And what's interesting is you'll be at a funeral, and people are singing it, and you're, and you're singing it with people who don't even believe in God. Even atheists will join in. Think about this. Next time you hear this song, look around. Right? Even atheists will join in. And I was thinking about this. And I was saying, you know why? Because everyone loves grace. Everyone needs grace. Everyone wants grace. But here's the problem. Grace is divine. Grace can only come from God. Grace only comes from Jesus. When you, see the, when you see the word grace in the Bible, you can replace it with Jesus. When you see the name Jesus, you can replace it with grace. Grace is divine, only comes through Jesus. And this is where, you know, that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You need to know Jesus in order to live in life with this thing called grace. Not luck, grace. Okay? Grace. So John Newton, interesting story about this man. When he was 11 years old, he was on a ship with his dad. He lived a very, very difficult life. You know, imagine being on a ship at 11 years old at that time in the 1700s. And he had, I think, like seven voyages. And, uh, and what ends up happening was he ends up growing up and uh, getting on a, another ship. It was a warship. And so he really became a man of war. And 
the conditions were so horrific, they were so abusive, that he tries to desert because the suffering was intense. And so he deserted, and they catch him, and he gets severely, severely punished for it. And then he ends up on a slave ship, and he becomes a servant to to the owner of the slave ship. And again, he was very abused, 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 and he was trying to escape. He couldn't escape. And by the grace of God, a friend of his dad came and somehow connected with the owner of the ship and, and, and sees the condition that this kid's in, and he helps him to escape. And so he ends up escaping, but he ends up owning his own slave ship. Okay? Owns his own slave ship. And so he's in the mi- middle of the sea, and a horrific storm comes that scares him to death. He knows he's going to die because of this storm out in the ocean. And it was his moment where he cries out to God, God, save me, save me, save me, save me. And it's in those moments usually, in the storms of life, that we need someone who's bigger than us. That we cry out from the depths of our spirit, God, save me, God, save me. And God heard his voice. God heard his voice and spared him. And it was such a powerful um, re- revelation of the reality of God to this man's life that he wrote down on May 10th, 1748. God saved my life, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And it goes on that he ends up renouncing this whole slavery thing, and he becomes an abolitionist fighting against slavery, ends up becoming a a minister of the gospel. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace. But these words are so powerful. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. I was blind. How many of you can say I was blind? I was once blind, but now I see. How'd that happen? God's grace. Amazing grace. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Some of you, you know, we just, if if you're not connected to our social media, I encourage you to get on it today uh, on Facebook, Instagram. We have a powerful, powerful uh, testimony that was on there, um, someone in the church. And as I was reading this testimony, what this person went through, this passage of, uh, this verse of this song, that grace has brought me safe this far. Some people go through horrific things, and they're in the house of God. And I say, boy, the grace of God has been on that person's life, whether they know it or not. The grace of God has been on that person's life. And John Newton says, and grace will lead me home. Grace will never depart from a believer's life. You and I are covered by the grace of God. When the devil comes and life comes and tries to dissuade you and say that God is no longer for you or with you, remember these words, grace will lead me home. Grace will never leave me. God will never forsake me. We sing that song this morning. 
And what's awesome about grace is grace is unearned. We are all unworthy of the grace of Jesus because we're all guilty. God gives grace as a covering over a believer's life. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We all have stuff in the closet. We all have stuff, failures. We continuously fail. We don't deserve it. But Jesus made the way. Jesus' grace covers us. We're covered. We're covered. We're covered. That's why we can say, you know, depart from me, Satan. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You can try this, this, and that, but I got something that covers me. It's called grace. It's called Jesus. Grace covers me. Grace covers me. Grace covers me. See, grace is Jesus receiving the prodigal son. Even though he didn't deserve it. He did not deserve it. Grace is Jesus receiving the thief on the cross. Even though he did nothing to earn it. Grace is the Lord saying in scripture, while you were yet sinners, I loved you. Why would you love me? I didn't love you. I was a sinner. But while you were yet sinners, I loved you. That's grace. It's grace. Grace is a scripture that says mercy triumphs over judgment. God, is this who you are? Are you a God of mercy? Are you a God of grace? The word says, of course. And I declare mercy triumphs over judgment. Be careful. Now we're in this whole thing with the Supreme Court. Be careful how you judge. Be careful what position you take in life. If you want mercy, you better give it. You better give it. Let our character demonstrate who Jesus is. Not quick to judge, not quick to point fault, but quick to mercy. I want mercy. I want grace. So the Lord says, you want it, better give a lot out. Don't be critical. Don't look at fault. That's the old man. And many people are in that mindset because they need to repent. They need to continue in the process of change because that's not really you. That's your father speaking to you. That's your mother speaking to you. That's how you grew up. That's not you. Come into grace. Come into new fathering. Come into a new way of thinking and life. And what's awesome about grace is grace is Jesus sending someone to help us, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. Grace is the divine enablement to change. God gives us grace so that we can change. Okay? Without God's grace, we can't change. So God gives us grace so we can change. You know, I think about grace... And I think about the scripture, Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God. 
The grace of God is what leads us to repentance. That word repentance means change. It means change your mind, change your ways. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. But at the same time, grace does not give us permission to sin. And this is the deception. We're living in a world now, especially in, 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 in different you know, sects of Christianity, where we're saying, well, things have changed. Society has changed. Culture has changed. You know, these pages, these sections of Scripture, what God says, how we should live, don't pertain to us anymore. Don't pertain to us anymore. You know, and entire denominations are ending in heresy and saying that God is love. God is grace. But grace doesn't give us permission to sin. Grace enables us to change. You know? People come to church and say, hey, do you, do you accept, you know, this kind of person? I accept everybody. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Let me tell you something. If, if you had met me when I came to church, you'd say, holy moly, is there any hope, you know? Okay? But everybody's welcome. But I could never walk in the freedom and the blessing and, and in the obedience to God just saying, well, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know? Well, let's look at Scripture. Let's see who God says we are. Let's see what pleases Him. What pleases Him. You know? And I remember people say, Ryan, you can't do that anymore. You know, you can't be with those people anymore. You can't do that anymore. You can't play in clubs anymore. You, you know, and, and, and really, they didn't have to tell me because I knew it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was already telling me because I truly accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit came into me, you know. But grace gave me the ability to change. And things don't just happen overnight. God is patient. You know, how shall we say then, Paul says, shall we go on sinning? so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? But what's an awesome scripture in 2 Peter 3.9? But he is patient. God is patient with you because he doesn't want you to perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. God doesn't send anybody to hell, people. God doesn't send people to hell. We decide where we're going to go. The book of Romans talks about our conscience judging us, okay? God doesn't send people to hell. But, but his heart is that everyone comes to repentance, that we all come to change, okay? So I want to just mention this, that grace is different than faith. Faith is what gives you access to grace. When you say, you know, Lord, I believe, you step in to grace. I believe. I believe, Lord, the door opens, now I'm in a world of grace. God covers you. But what's interesting is, but it's grace that allows you to have faith. Picture this. Grace comes on you so that you open the door to faith, that you can step into grace. But faith opens the door so you can step into grace. It's a powerful thing that God does in our lives. But this, there's, um, there's a doctrine that's called justification. Now, this is one of the, 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 the necessary 
uh, doctrines of the Christian faith that separates Christianity from every single other religion. It's the doctrine of justification. What does justification mean? I think I put it up here. That we are justified or pronounced or treated as righteous. That you are justified. That you are declared not guilty. Not guilty as a result of grace through faith in Jesus, not our own works. Not our own works. See, before you came to Christ, you had a label on you. And wherever you went, whether you know it or not, that label said, guilty, 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 guilty. I remember when I was in my 20s and um, one of my first jobs working at a bank, and my boss said, hey, Ron, we're going to go to Boston. We're going to meet with a law, a law firm. And so we're in Boston, and we're in the lobby of this real high-end law firm, and we're sitting on a couch, and I put my arm up like this on the couch, and my boss turns to me and says, hey, uh, um, you got a new suit, huh? I said, yeah. I said, how do you know it's a new suit? Right? He says, take a look. Look where? Take a look under your arm. I had all the tags hanging. <laughs> so I was walking all around Boston with these tags, you know. And the sad thing was I didn't have any money, and, and the suit was like $99, you know. <laughs> but we walk around with these tags that say guilty, guilty, guilty. But then in Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for grace. Thank you, God, for grace. Now, in the, the 300s to the mid-400s, a man named Augustine lived on the earth. People know him as St. Augustine. And Augustine got this revelation that salvation can only come to us through divine grace, through Jesus Christ and not works, okay? But then in the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church started uh, preaching that, no, you can get saved. You can have salvation through good works and good deeds, okay, which was con contrary to what Augustine has, has propagated and what the Scriptures propagated. And so what ended up happening was this caused great, great um, corruption because the church started sell, selling indulgences. Okay, this is history, which means that if you have enough money, you can buy forgiveness because they also believe that the doctrine that the church can forgive sins, where we know Scripture says there's only one intermediary between God and man, and that's the Jesus Christ. Man doesn't have the power to forgive sins, okay? Doesn't matter how many prayers you say, okay? Man doesn't, can't ordain the forgiveness of sins over your life. And so what happened was uh, the selling of indulgences. And the reason why the church stayed in this heresy so long is because they needed money to build St. Peter's Church in Rome. Great way to get money. Your sins will be forgiven. Just hand it over. Right? And so... But, you know, I was thinking about this because this gave people a sense of false reality. And because of the region we live in, I believe that this false reality still is in the spirit realm 
that we can somehow get access to grace by something we do. If I just go to church, you know, four times a year, you know, I'll be good. If I just don't kill anybody, I'll be good, you know. I'll send my kids to church. God, I'm sending my kids to church. I'll be good, you know. It's like saying, you know, I'm going to go buy a marriage license. I have a marriage license, but I have zero, zero relationship with the person that I'm supposedly married with. But I have a marriage license. I have a marriage license. And so this deception came upon the church. And in 1517, a Catholic monk named Martin Luther, he wrote a document called the 95 Thesis. And basically, a thesis is a statement. It's a questioning. It's, hey, I don't think this is right. And he wrote these 95 Theses. And, um, and it could all be summed up in this statement. Martin Luther was basically saying, God intended believers to seek repentance and that faith alone and not deeds would lead, lead to salvation. So he got this revelation that's through grace and repentance, through grace and repentance, that we come in to this new life of salvation, of blessing, of bestowed blessing, you know. And as we walk in this new way of grace and repentance, which means changing, it means confessing your sins. It means changing your ways, figuring out how am I going to change? Do I need accountability? What do I need to do to get set free from certain things? Okay, It's a heart shift. It's a heart shift. You're not living in this world of sin any longer. Your heart is to please God. I need to change. I ask God for deliverance. Why will we have altar prayer on Sunday? You need deliverance. You know, it's something you're struggling with. You know, it might be that, hey, I need to put something on my phone. I need to put something on my computer to protect my eyes. You know, whatever I need to do, I'm walking in this place of repentance. And God gives me grace to be able to change. See, he doesn't condemn me. He doesn't condemn me and say, you're rotten, you're going to hell. He doesn't condemn me. He gives me grace to be able to change. Needs change. I need to work on my marriage. How do I do that? God, I need your grace. Help me change. Help me confess my sins. Help me turn from my sins. Help me to cut off my hand. If my hand offends you, the Bible says, right? Jesus says. What does that mean? Change things. Change things. Because God wants to release the potential that you have. And that comes in repentance. God wants to bless your life. That comes in repentance. God wants you free and happy and delivered. How does that come? That comes through repentance, through change. God changes us, but he gives us grace to do it. Isn't that good news? Good news. In Ephesians, I'll end here. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I ask the music team to come up. I have so much more, but I'm going to give you the... Um, the hundred dollar sermon. <laughs> you know, you you might be here today, and um, maybe you've been living in condemnation. If you accept Christ into your life today, if you truly make a commitment to Jesus today, that condemnation will be broken off of you, 
and grace comes upon you. Because we all need it. We all love it. But we have to accept. We have to receive grace. Grace is upon you even being here today. Grace already upon you. Now you step in the door by faith and asking Jesus to come into your life so that you can walk in divine enablement to be able to change. Because that's what God has for us. Release potential. You know, over the years, a couple of people have come to me said, Pastor Ron, will you come to me to court? Will you come to me to court and, and stand on my behalf before a judge or write a letter for me? You know, asking a judge to, to grant me, you know, grace, to grant me mercy. And, um, and sometimes I won't say yes because I don't see the person operating in change and repentance. Okay? But then other times I have said yes. And some of the crimes you say, this person is going to prison. There's no doubt this person is going to prison. No one doesn't go to prison because of this. And I've seen the grace of God, the goodness of God be on that person. Is the person perfect? No. But grace, just by accepting Christ, grace comes into your life. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our 11 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.